Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we have a bunch of stuff to get through. Um, it's been a real long day. It's real late again. But uh, we are going to talk about what Rick George had to say today. So at like, when was that? That was 11 this morning. Feels like years ago. Um, but at 11 this morning, uh, Rick George took like 45 minutes to talk to reporters about a whole bunch of different things, answer questions about a whole bunch of different things. And uh, first of all, if uh, you want to know all about all that, just check out uh, thedmvr.com. I uh, I just finally got up all of uh, all the details with all the quotes and everything you really need to know from today. Uh, so that's all on the website. We're going to run through a bunch of that right now, though. And uh, that's the plan for today. I'm not really sure. So, so here's the thing about this. A lot of the time when I do the podcast after I write, everything is super like condensed and concise. And I know where I'm going from one point to the next instead of rambling quite so much. So I'm hoping that this isn't going to just take like a year. But at the same time, when you start a podcast after 1030, bad things can happen. Uh, so let's uh, let's just dig in. First, though, uh, want to remind you guys about the presenting sponsor of this podcast, the Colorado XOs uh, rugby team in Glendale. Uh, they're taking athletes who've never played rugby, teaching them how to play rugby, and getting them into you know the U.S. national team, which trains at the same facilities in Glendale, uh, into Major League Rugby. They had five guys in their first season that just ended get to Major League Rugby, and again, after not playing rugby before. It's a cool thing going on. Check out DMVR Rugby, uh, the, the Twitter, the podcast, all that kind of stuff, and then there's written content on the website as well. And it's I should remind you guys, I think what? I think it was last week we put up a podcast, a draft of all of uh, CU's athletes ever except for Rugby 7's teams. So it's a cool thing. Me and Justin Michael and Colton Strickler, who does all the rugby stuff, we just drafted them, and uh, it was it was a fun exercise. So check that out too. All right. So, um, there's like a weird chord. It's just see, and this is this is the thing that happens when you start this at night. Um, it was just a really long day. Oh, I forgot about the best news of all of this. I finally get to tell all of you. Uh, part of the reason there was a lot going on today, Nate Landman 
officially a DNVR athlete. Um, what does that mean? Uh, first of all, I mean, obviously it means that we are taking advantage of the rule changes in regards to NIL. Um, and uh, we, we, we came to terms with the All-American linebacker, Nate Landman. There's going to be some cool content on the way, especially during the season. Uh, stay tuned for that. I have so many ideas, and I am really excited. Um, and uh, I'm not going to lie. You know, Nate is going to be an interesting personality to do a lot of this stuff with, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm not going to spoil what it is yet. You'll see. It's on the way. Um, but then, of course, there's going to be, like, a merch deal. And uh, honestly, like, i got to give a shout-out to Brandon Spano, the CEO here at DNVR. Um, so we have deals with other athletes. Um, you know, Kyle Freeland, the pitcher for the Rockies, or I mean, Phil Lindsay is probably the best example since this is a Buffs podcast. Um, and we actually, I mean, not we, Brandon decided to do things a little bit differently with the college athletes. And by differently, I mean, just give them a larger share of the money, uh, which is a really cool thing to do. And the idea is, you know, they have more of a need for it. And if we can help them out, especially as we start to get these things going, why not? Um, so yeah, we're going to be working with Nate to uh, design shirts, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so definitely be on the lookout for those with a big chunk of the profits going toward him. And I will also say, more on the way. More on the way. Um, really excited though. Again, for so many different parts of this, um, including some of the content. I have some really good ideas, and I don't know if I can get Nate to agree to do them. I've got some good ideas, though. Um, so we'll leave it at that. So, yeah, one of the many reasons it was a very long day. Um, the other being that there's, like, news to talk about. We learned a lot from Rick George. Um, where to start? I guess let's just start where he started, which is um, honestly, like, with a bunch of things that he is really proud of when it comes to CU over the course of the last year. Gave shout-outs to a whole bunch of different groups. Um, you know, uh, he started with the entire athletic department. They had a 3-1-3-9 GPA this spring, which was the best ever for CU's athletics department. Um, mentioned the women's basketball team having success, the men's basketball team making the NCAA tournament, winning a game in the NCAA tournament. The soccer team made it to their sixth consecutive NCAA tournament. I'm not going to lie. He said that, but the more I think about it, the more I think there was a year in there where RPI kind of screwed him out of it. Um, point is, they continued a long string of success. Um, cross team made it to the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, the football team made it to a bowl game. The tennis team, he said, like, maybe had the best season in its history. Again, I don't... First of all, I don't know, like, the most about the tennis program. I know even less about the tennis program's history, so I can't give my take on, well, you know, the the, the, the 2012 team, that 2012 team, I'm not sure that, you know, but uh, if he says maybe the best season in its history, certainly a very good season. Um, shouted out some of the track performers, Sage Herta, John Dressel, um, Abby Nichols, Eduardo Herrera, um, and also a, a bunch of forever buffs, is what we call them, who are headed to the Olympics. Joe Klecker, Morgan Pearson, Emma Coburn, Val Constein. 
Um, talked about Val Constein in particular quite a bit. Uh, she was recently working for the the Buff Club, um, and you know, Rick said like he was watching with his family, and when she got third to to qualify in the steeplechase, that was what they got so excited about. You know, because as he said, you know, th- there weren't a lot of like ads on her sponsors, that kind of stuff. And now she's an Olympian um, and she's done all this stuff at CU. So that's really cool. That one in particular was really cool for him. Um, as I'm sure all of them were. It's just that a year ago, you you, you could say, hey, Emma Coburn's probably going to be an Olympian. She owns the steeplechase. Uh, Joe Klecker, Morgan, P- yeah. Val Constein, that that's a cool story. Um, so yeah, there's some of the positive stuff. Now we'll get into some of the negative stuff. Um, for example, CU ran an $18 million deficit in the most recent fiscal year. So the CU fiscal year, they start at like the beginning of July, end in June. Um, and so it, it just ended about a week ago. Um, Worth noting, Rick George says the official numbers won't be ready for another three weeks or so. But at this point, uh, he said $18 million, maybe $17, $18 million deficit um, is what is expected here. So to go over that timeline again, it started last July, about, what, three months into the pandemic. And so there were some hits that the buffs took. Um, in the previous fiscal year, you know, mostly just the lack of revenue from the Pac-12 tournament, um, from the NCAA tournament. And honestly, like, I'm not sure how the accounting works on that. So, you know, the it's not a complicated system in terms of how the payouts work for NCAA tournament teams. But the NCAA does everything it can to make it complicated. And so it takes a simple concept, which is basically... For every game that you win, um, you get X amount of money paid out over, I think it's six years, and that just goes straight to the conference, and the conference gets to decide what's up. You know, if, if, you, if you're in the WAC, for example, you're going to get a pretty decent chunk of your own earnings because that's how they keep Gonzaga around. Uh, in the Pac-12, they just divide it evenly. Um, again, they put everything into units and you earn six units if you win and that's because you they pay out and sort of whatever the point is i'm not sure whether the the lack of revenue in terms of like you know again it's supposed to be paid out over six years i'd assume that that's just going to be taken out every fiscal year for those six years instead of just all being lumped into that one year um but the point is you know they took a little bit of a hit in the previous fiscal year, but this was the one where the pandemic was, um, you know, in in June of 2020, or no, I guess it started July of 2020, things were rough all the way through, you know, right now we're kind of starting to get back to normal, but as we've gotten back to normal, it's all been kind of after the the academic year, um, which is also the sports season. So there we go. Um, this, the point of all that is, this was the big one. This is where we weren't so sure. And again, the number is 18 million. It could go up or down by like a million or so, and we'll know in a few weeks, but that's what it's looking like. In terms of the details, 
the revenue decreased between 40 and $45 million. And that's going to depend on what exactly that conference payout is. Um, and I think that that's the big thing they're still waiting on. Um, but again, if, if somebody were to say, you know, take take any entity, whether it's the an athletics department, whether it's a business, and say, okay, your revenues are going to get cut by 40 to $45 million, but you're only going to run an $18 million deficit, that's not bad. You know, that's 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 a number that you're probably willing to live with. Um, and, and it was tough work to get there. And he brought up a bunch of the different points, you know, saying, you know, it's it, it was hard to fire people. It was hard to uh, furlough people. Um, he also said that right now they're starting to get some of those people back, uh, which is definitely good to hear. Um, also mentioned that uh, obviously there was no ticket revenue last year. Because there were no fans allowed at games in Boulder, or I guess across the Pac-12. Um, and he said in the previous fiscal year, they made $23 million in ticket revenue. So that's a that's a big loss. And when you just say, well, in, t- in ticket money, you're going to lose $23 million to only wind up under by $18 million. You know, I think that that's something that you can live with. Um, you can say that that was maybe not like a good job. I, I probably would say a good job, but I think it'd be tough to argue that that was like a poor performance from the athletics department considering everything. Um, yeah. Anything else in here to get to? I guess when we're talking about the ticket revenue, it is worth pointing out, you know, if, if you don't have fans in there, then you're also not... Uh, paying so many people to uh, you're not paying any people to like take tickets at the gate obviously um, to be like the whatever you call the people who just like stand there at, like every other section and just make sure everything's cool and nobody's like going to the wrong places and so, and so some of those costs go down too um, but at the same time like you know you don't pay the concession workers this number doesn't factor in selling concessions which is also lost so I guess that might be worth pointing out. Regardless of whether it's worth pointing out, I did point it out. Um, Here's a quote. To operate the way we did, I really feel good about it. We had to do some difficult things with furrow lows and layoffs. We're starting to bring people back, so I'm excited about that. Um, And I guess to close things out, um, you'll remember the Pac-12 got a loan to cover all of the costs, the deficits that come with uh, this pandemic. And that's what's funding everything right now. Rick said that Colorado will pay back their portion of the loan over the next seven or eight years. Um, So that's kind of the timeline there. And when you look at it, I mean, $18 million over eight years. There was the first yawn. Um, That's that's a little over $2 million a year plus interest. You call it $3 million a year. That's obviously a very substantial amount of money. It's not an amount of money that's just going to like destroy the athletics department, though. Um, he also, I think, he also mentioned that this comes out of like their distributions from the conference. Um, not that it really matters, because again, if 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 it wasn't from that, then they just get that money and they'd shift some of the ticket revenue money over or whatever the merchandising money over so it doesn't really matter where it comes from but that's that's the process um 
let's see. Let's not take a break quite yet. Um, let's get through some of this NIL stuff because that's the other big deal. Um, so a lot of the conversation today was about the name image likeness change. And, you know, we all know what the difference is, but basically the NCAA stopped banning players from profiting off their name image and likeness so that they can, you know, they can sign a deal with Taco Bell and be in Taco Bell commercials. They can make a deal with like the taco place down the street that just says like, Hey, you come in here, you eat for free, tweet about it. You know, that, that that's a cool trade for us. Um, or <laughs> here's another example. Uh, everything we're doing with Nate Landman is now allowed because of that. So obviously that's a change. Um, and because that's such a new thing, you know, he brought it up in his opening statement. It was also kind of the subject of, I don't think it was, it, it might've been half the questions. It was close to half the questions. Um, there's a lot going on with all of that, um, including the fact that Rick was on the basically an advisory committee that was, I think, put together by the NCAA to come up with what the protocols should be for um, this name image likeness thing. And they spent about two years on that. And then they hit this date where all of this kicks in. And I guess not all of it. What happened was like a few states that they were forced to, or the states decided starting July 1st that it'd be open. So the NCAA said, well, we have to open everything up too. Otherwise it's just unfair. Um, but they came up with like recommendations. Obviously none of those have been implemented yet, but that doesn't mean it's not still to come. Um, at some point there needs to be a, a consistent set of rules for all colleges instead of, you know, as Rick George, this was something that he brought up a couple times. Um, right now, if you're in one of the states that has a law that says, here's how things work, then you have to follow those rules. If you're in one of the states where that's not true, then each school gets to come up with their own policy. And because of those inconsistencies, there can be, obviously, inconsistencies in the value of student-athletes' name, image, and likeness. And, you know, Rick brought up recruiting. You know, if you're a high schooler deciding where you want to go and one thing's this way and one thing's the other way, it matters. He also spent a lot of time saying, it's not like that's the only thing that matters. Maybe to some student-athletes it matters more than others, and it's probably like, a piece of the puzzle for just about all of them, but there's a lot of different things um, that that are in play when somebody's trying to decide where they want to go. Um, and he said, uh, here's a quote, our whole student-athlete program, I think, is one of the best in the country. They're collecting all those data points um, saying, like, basically, high school high school student athletes deciding where to go are collecting these data points on career leadership and mental health and academics and sports and medicine and nutrition, all those areas. There's a lot more than just NIL. And he's right. You know, when a change like this happens, it's so easy to say like, oh, this is going to upset the balance of whatever. Yeah, it's going to tweak the balance a little bit. And nobody knows how much it's going to change things. But 
it certainly doesn't all of a all of a sudden become the the deciding factor for every student athlete across the country. Um, so yeah, and, and in terms of like his thoughts on the change, the big thing was you know he just said it feels like this is just the next step. You know, like you 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 look at the things that happen and he brought up, you know, just kind of in his time, the the eight years or so that he's been at Colorado, you know, he said, you know, we now can offer unlimited meals to our student athletes. That wasn't allowed before. Um, They can offer the full cost of attendance, the tutors, um, investments that they've made in mental health. But basically everything has been kind of trending this way to like supporting the student athlete more to making things better for the student athlete to opening doors for student athletes. It just kind of makes sense. And he also said, you know, it isn't just like we're living with it. He said, I'm excited for our student athletes. I'm excited for student athletes around the country. Um, you know, he, he said to, to be able to monetize their name, image and likeness, just like the students on campus. And so he does seem to really believe that this is not just like a continuation of the trend, which it absolutely is, but also it is just a good thing um, and and probably the way things should work. So yeah, I think that that's uh, the big stuff there. You know, a lot of questions about, you know, compliance, for example. Has that been tough? said you know we've, we've we have contacts with the government we're figuring all that out all that kind of stuff you know there's just there's there's a lot to it uh, you know brought up the buffs with a brand program and and how they're working with student athletes and setting up meetings for all the teams and having people who that they they can bounce ideas off of or go to for help or whatever and you know there are changes that are being made because of this policy and positions that are created and processes that they're implementing and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, he, he didn't say like, oh, just a hassle and we don't want to go through it. Um, pretty much the opposite of that, really. Um, so there we go. Those are the big details there. Um, let's, uh, let's take this break now. Um, knock out a bunch of uh, ads, pay some bills, and then we'll get back into it. Um, we're going to start by talking about our good friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, they do so many things that we really appreciate um, for us at DNVR. They make a lot of things possible. They also just make a lot of really good beer and seltzers. And if you go down to the farmhouse, then the food is really good too. You should definitely check that out. Um, what if I... Oh, 4th of July had a couple strawberry skies. I guess that's the last time. It's been about four days since I've had a Breckenridge beer. Too long. I'll be back in Denver on Sunday, though, which means uh, I'll be having a Breckenridge beer Sunday night. Uh, and I'm excited about that. Maybe a seltzer, honestly. Then we got that CU golf tournament. It's like the media, student-athletes, and administrators and coaches on Monday. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um Probably some Breckenridge beers then, too. So, yeah. Uh, what else? Um, oh, I should say. Donating 1% of all their profits this summer to the National Parks Conservation Association. If the good drinks weren't enough, that should kind of put things over the edge when you figure out whose beer to drink. Uh, 
also got to give a shout out to our friends over at um oh at ball um i've been telling you guys about ball for what a week now over a week now um you know ball for a couple of different reasons um maybe because uh actually cu was the first school that uh, Ball partnered with. Ball, by the way, is like the biggest aluminum can producer anywhere. Um, And they choose aluminum because, I mean, there's a bunch of reasons, but the big one is that it's reusable and these cans are reusable. And when they partnered with CU, they provided all those aluminum cups that go to the stadium. And uh, those are also like recyclable. recyclable. Um, You know... One note, for example, is that 75% of all aluminum that has ever, ever, ever been produced is still in use today. Again, 75% of all the aluminum ever is still in use today, um, and that's because it is just so easy to reuse and it's sustainable. And that is very important uh, for, I mean, to ball. Um you know they 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 have other things they're doing by by 2030 and this was a commitment they made in 2017 by 2030 they are reducing their operational carbon emissions by 55% um they're uh you know you know that's again to put things in perspective that is a whole lot of emissions to cut down because last year they made over 101 billion cans 2020 alone, 101 billion cans. So yeah, if you cut off the carbon, obviously there's a lot um, of, of, of reduction there. Uh, they're also like the you know ball arena where the Nuggets and Avalanche play. Yeah, ball. Um, right now though, they're actually hiring, and if you're uh, looking for a job, you should text Golden to seven seven two two two. That was the second yawn. Um, you'll get linked to open positions. There's other ways to do it. You can go to Jaws, Jobs, but oof, that was tough. Jobs.ball.com and just search for Golden. Um, or again, just text Golden to seven seven two two two. And you know what? Let's uh, let's keep going with these ads. Um, Manscaped. We uh we really love Manscaped at DMVR because they uh they take care of us in a way that it's it's kind of tough to get taken care of. You know, we talked about that golf tournament on Monday. Um I believe uh I think the high is like 94 degrees on Monday. That is hot. And uh when when it's hot out, you sweat. And everybody talks about, you know, deodorant and, and, you know, the pit stains and that kind of stuff. Nobody talks about the other places that, that men can sweat. And if you get the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant from Manscaped, I promise you will not be disappointed. It is July. It has been really hot. That product has been saving my life, especially up here in Montana where it's like, it's not humid, but compared to Denver, it's pretty humid. And you notice the difference. Like, when you're just walking around, it's like, again, not, like, humid-humid. On if, So, they, they just had, like, the match golf thing 
uh, down in Big Sky this week uh, where, like, Phil Mickelson was playing with uh, Brady and Aaron Rodgers with Bryson DeChambeau. And you watch that whole thing, and the whole time people are just saying good things about Montana. And it's just like, like Obama was on there saying, oh, yeah, we were just up there a few weeks ago. It, it, it might be the prettiest state in the union. You're like, yeah, we appreciate that, but also shut up because there's a lot of people moving here, and that's how you ruin something like that. Um, and I'm Charles Barkley saying, oh, I've never been out here before, but... This is a great... And over and over, and then they start showing, like, the moose and the bears. And, yeah, there's mountain goats everywhere, and it's really cool. But also, uh, you know... Uh, wait, where was I going with this? Do-do-do. It was Manscaped, something about the humidity. Oh, I wanted to maybe actually play up the humidity and say, actually, it's awful, don't come here. Uh, the point is, the point is, um, so many great products from Manscaped, the... Uh, the the crop preserver ball deodorant again is to me the 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 cream of the crop that lawnmower 4.0 is as good as advertised there's plenty of other like formulations and you can get a bunch of that stuff with the perfect package 4.0 uh, comes with the lawnmower 4.0 it comes with the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer i have a terrible nose hair trimmer which was fine but now now it might be time for me to get like a I don't know, one that is reliable, and I actually, I haven't gotten one of those. I be, I need to get my hands on one of those. Um, but yeah, a bunch of different stuff. You should definitely check that out. And if you use the code DMVR at manscaped.com, you can get 20% off and free shipping. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code DMVR at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. All right. All right. Um, oh, here's another fun one. Colorado scheduled seven more football games. And we're going to dig into this a little bit more tomorrow on the podcast just because of all of this stuff. This is the one that's like just football related and easy to talk about and interesting to talk about. Like if, if I spend another full hour just talking about NIL... I wonder if I'm going to put somebody in like a an insane asylum or something. Um, I honestly just hope it's not me. But uh, yeah, seven new games. We'll dig in more tomorrow. But uh, Wyoming is coming to Boulder to replace the game that was supposed to be against Missouri in 2025. That got moved to what? I think 2031 because there's stuff going on with Missouri. Um, so yeah. After that, though, you've got uh, a home-and-home with SMU, a home-and-home with North Texas, and then a home-and-home with Oklahoma State. All those games being played uh, between 2030 and 2037. Um, So 2037, for example, I will be 40. Well, maybe I'll just be dead. That's the other thing. Who knows? Um, but yeah, 40 or not alive are kind of the options for me. Unless my new time system catches on. But I haven't even talked about the calendar yet. We'll save that for later. Um, is that good for now? I will say, you know, a lot of people upset that the Buffs are playing a road game at North Texas. I get it. You know, it's not great, but there is a reason for it. And the reason is... 
that that school is in Denton, Texas, which is 20 miles away from Dallas. And Colorado's going after guys from Texas. That's no secret. That's never been a secret. And you got to be down there and expose yourself to them. I, I hate that phrase, expose yourself. That means something totally different. Um, but, yeah, you, you want to be around. And it makes it easier to recruit, especially if you go down to North Texas and you beat them 60 to 10. And then at some point, some kid says, well, I have I have these offers, and I'm kind of narrowing it down. Sure, Colorado's power five, but also, you know, in my lifetime, they haven't been all that good. Why not just stay at North Texas? Well, why why not stay at North Texas? Because they, they just got whooped 60 to 10. Now, again, the other piece of the equation is Colorado needs to actually go down and win those games in Texas. Um, but there is reason for it. And, you know, yes, getting good opponents is very important for a bunch of different reasons but also you know you're you're allowed to beat teams and count those as wins toward your bowl game and and if you if you're talking about a school that's in a little bit different position than Colorado right now and who knows maybe this is the position Colorado's in in 2037 you're saying well we need to go undefeated to make it into the college football playoff, and by then that's probably not true. Colorado probably makes it in as like a one-loss, two-loss type of team um, by 2037. But you don't want to be taking those losses where you don't have to and getting yourself some easy wins. You know, it's it's you need a balance. You need a balance. And when you look at seven games, you got Wyoming, you got two with SMU, two with North Texas, two with Oklahoma State. Yeah, maybe you want. Uh, you want to replace even just like that Wyoming game with a power five opponent. And then, then you like that balance a little bit more when four of those seven are against Texas schools, two of them in Texas. Again, it's, it's not like you're accomplishing nothing. Um, so yeah, we'll talk more tomorrow, which is something I said like 10 minutes ago when I started talking about that. Um, Ooh, here's a fun one. Ralphie. So, Rick George was asked about Ralphie. Uh, you'll remember Ralphie 5 retired halfway through the 2019 season because she was getting a little bit feisty. You can't be taking risks with feisty buffaloes. Not going to blame anybody for that. Um, about a year ago, we got the update that a potential Ralphie 6 had been identified. Since then, haven't heard all that much. Now, what that means is they went out to, like, whatever Buffalo Ranch. I think we know. Or, or, most of them have come from the TV guy, uh, Ted Turner. Ted Turner's Buffalo Ranch. Uh, again, this is where I'm not supposed to say they're technically bison, but I guess I won't say it. I'll just say that I'm not supposed to say it. Um, the point is, they're out there at the Buffalo Ranch, and they found one that has, like, the right personality and all that kind of stuff. But, again... Buffaloes are not meant to be trained to run around stadiums. Buffaloes are meant to run in herds of 100,000 across the plains and eat all of the things that are below them and run away from the Native Americans who hunt them and probably some animals hunted them too. Back then, the grizzly bear was a plains animal, which I think I've actually said like four times on this podcast, which is just crazy to think about. Um... But yeah, so training a buffalo to do to, to be Ralphie, you know, it isn't necessarily easy, and maybe things didn't work out. 
Maybe things did work out and they're just like keeping it a secret. Maybe things didn't work out and they found another candidate and things are working out and everything is going to be just fine. The point is, Rick George didn't really give much of an update. Um, here's everything he said. Uh, it was like he was asked like a two-part question and the first part was the Ralphie thing. This was all he said about that part. Well, you know, I can't talk about Ralphie too much. You know, she's a secret, but no, I'm just kidding. What a way to uh, not say anything. It's really hard to not tip your hand at all when the question is like, does this exist or not exist? And to, to do anything, other, like you could just say no comment, but you know, we could read into she's a secret. It's like, oh, so she exists then? Or also like, you know it's going to be a she eventually and she... So yeah, not much there. But here's the other part. So again, it was a two-part question. The second part being like, I think it was basically like, you excited for fans? You're, you're going to be able to have like full fans and like handle all that coming back? I can't remember exactly. But um, he did throw in something about Ralphie there. Here's what he said. And it was part of a long answer. I cropped it, but... Uh, He's saying, I think we're going to have a lot of people in our stands. I can't wait to see them come back. I can't wait for some of our freshmen that didn't get to run behind Ralphie or get to experience big crowds, be able to see what Folsom delivers. And And so it was just that little thing. where It does sound like he's saying, like, the people who didn't get to run behind Ralphie last year, they're going to get to run behind Ralphie. So I'm not, again, I... If you want to read too much into it, I'm not going to blame you. It's the off-season, and a conspiracy theory about animals. I mean, what could be more fun? What could be more fun? Um, so there we go. You decide for yourself. Uh, talked a little bit about vaccinations, the COVID stuff. Um, still working with the Pac-12 and the rest of like the schools to figure out, are they going to be doing COVID testing, Like blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Not much of an answer there. Did say that high percentage of student athletes have been vaccinated. He's happy about that. He think it's he thinks it's going to be good for them. Also added that. Um, so like I'm pretty sure the the campus like the Boulder campus at CU has said they're not going to let students on campus unless they're vaccinated. Um, but Rick George also said, and I'm sure that the university said this at some point too. There there'll be like like you can apply for an exemption from that. And if any student athlete doesn't want to get vaccinated, they can also like go through that process and see if they can get exempted. Uh, talked a bunch about George Klyovkov. Uh, you'll remember he was down in Vegas with all the athletic directors. Uh, Rick was along with George Klyovkov, kind of getting to know each other. Talked about that stuff. In terms of details, there wasn't a whole lot. Um, he did say, you know, he's very knowledgeable, got the right enthusiasm, he's excited about the role, that kind of stuff. Um, he's been working hard to get all caught up. He knows his stuff about the Supreme Court cases. He knows his stuff about the NIL. A whole bunch of that. Also said that his background in digital media is going to be good for them. Here's a quote. I think that's going to bode well as we talk about our TV partnerships and our TV process moving forward. Yeah, makes sense. Guy was the what the the first CEO of Hulu. I would say things went all right. Um, he was, I guess, technically like the interim 
as they found the first, but the point is he actually was the first guy who was the CEO sitting in that office, whatever. Um, anything else in there? Oh, we did say that George is going to be in Boulder soon. Um, and there's going to be like a couple trips to talk to a bunch of people, student athletes, coaches, donors, administrators. There was the on again. Uh, that's number three. So, uh, yeah, there's uh, good stuff there. I think he said something about him like he moves quickly, makes quick decisions, but in like a good way. Like he gets ahead of problems, um, that that sort of vibe. Um, what? Two more points here. Uh, first, ticket sales. In general, things are going well. Um, he did say season ticket renewals are down. And again, so you read the... Renewal rate is the 2021 season, the new tickets, compared to 2019 because there obviously were no season tickets in 2020. And so it's kind of like this two-year leap. Um, But renewal rate is at 77% so far. There's still time. Um, That that number could go up Um, before, so between like 2018 and 2019, it was at 86%, so there's a nine-point decrease. But... Uh, he did point out, like, you have to remember, there that was the Nebraska game. And uh, if I remember correctly, I can't remember if the CU Nebraska game was top five most expensive ticket in college football that year or top ten. But the point is, it was a really expensive ticket. And if you could get that for face value instead of going on StubHub or SeatGeek or whatever that was going to really help you justify get getting season tickets. Um, and so you would expect a decrease if, you know, all else was equal. You know, if just in a vacuum, that's the only change. There's no Nebraska game. Yeah, it's going to go down. But there's a whole bunch of other factors too. Um, and he did say he feels really good about that. Um, also brought up single-game tickets. What They went on sale yesterday. For the football season, and he said that that was, let's see, our public sales was one of the best we've had since I've been here. So, again, good to hear. Um, Certainly going to be making more money on tickets than they did last year. Um, Ooh, a final note. Uh, Talked about um, upgrading the facilities. And he said, you know, first of all, here's, here's a good quote. I don't like being in a deficit. We've always managed our resources really well. But we've got to think big if we're going to do big things. And we're going to think big because there's a lot ahead of us. So there you go. There's his thought process there. Um, Here's some of the stuff he wants to get done. He wants to upgrade the sound system at Folsom Field. Made like a joke like, hey, I've I've heard people um, talk about uh, the sound system. We're it's on our minds. we'll, we'll, We'll deal with that. Um, so there's that. He said just like improving the west side of Folsom Field. He said, you know, we've done the championship. We've done all this stuff. It's time to focus on the west side of Folsom Field now. It didn't really give the details, but that's uh, on the list. Uh, he said improving the flooring at Folsom Field, which is interesting. Um, but he also brought up building, oh, uh, building a lacrosse stadium and also building an indoor tennis facility. Um, and he said he's hopeful that uh, in the next five or six years they can accomplish a lot of those things. 
Um, so within five or six years, get a lot of that done. He also said he wants to have a plan in place within the next six to nine months. So we'll be on the lookout for that. All right. That will do it for today. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with more. Might even double up on podcasts tomorrow because I'm a little bit behind. Um, definitely talk about football. There might or the football schedule, talk about some of the non-conference scheduling, looking through, seeing if they're like strong points. I mean, there will absolutely be strong points in the non-conference schedule when we look ahead. Um, but also looking for weak points and figuring out, you know. Like I said, you look at these seven new games, only two of them against Power Five, a Power 5 opponent. You don't like that number. Four of them against Texas schools, that is a number you like. Um, and... If you have enough Power 5 opponents already scattered about through these future schedules, it's a little bit easier to swallow the pill that is, you know, three G5 opponents compared to just one Power 5 in these new new games. So we'll go through some of that, find the strong points in the schedule, find the fun games, um, find where things look a little bit shallow. And then also maybe do another podcast because, like I said, it's been really busy. We're a little bit behind, but yeah, whatever. We'll we'll survive. We'll figure it out. Um, I think that's it for today. I will see you guys tomorrow.